This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I am Link. And I am Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, you asked us anything and we're gonna answer anything. We have everything. That we decided to answer. We're gonna give you everything. Um, in answer form. But we have a couple of little things to update you about. Um, one we're is- We're in announcement season. Ear Biscuits is gonna continue through the summer. We also are gonna have a short uh, three week break from GMM and then we come back with uh, Good Mythical Summer episodes. We also haven't talked about if there's an Ear Biscuits break. It's like, we probably shouldn't be having all these logistic conversations on the show, but it just suffice it to say we're still figuring that out, but. No, but I actually was part of a conversation that you weren't part of. Oh, really? Where there was definite, definite discussion about your biscuits continuing through the summer. Uh, well, not that there won't be a break of some kind. I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk us into anything. You, you know me, man. Well, you know me. <laughs> and you know, what I'm, you know what I'm thinking. Let's make more business decisions right here on the internet in front of everyone. You know what, let's just let you make them. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, you make the decision for us. That's an, that in itself is a business decision that you just made? That was a then, well, it was a joke. Oh, well, okay. Okay, so let's get to some of your questions. Jen S asks, if you had to replace one room in your current house with the same type of room from your childhood home, could be bathroom, your bedroom, et cetera, and keep it as it was back then, same furniture, appliance, et cetera, which room would you replace and why? Nostalgia, practicality, hashtag ear biscuits. Great question, Jen. This is like, mm. this is such an intricate, original question. Kudos to you, and I don't ever say kudos. That might be the first time I've ever used that when I was not referring to the, the candy. candy bar. Do they still make that? I don't know. Uh, what a good question. The funny thing is, is kudos to kudos if they're still making kudos. Yeah, it's such a specific, interesting question, but it does immediately cause me to think. I've got an answer. I have an answer for oh, this. What's your, okay, what's your answer? Um, well, we have a guest bedroom in my home in my current home. Yeah. And uh, it is. I've seen it. it I, is, I put my jacket on the bed in this bedroom. Cause that, if when? you. Well, when I've come over there and there's like friends over there and if, if, if friends have coats or jackets. You throw your jacket on the bed? That tends to be the bed where the jackets go. Other people's jackets have been on the bed? Yeah. I saw a whole pile of them on that bed. Never seen it being used for anything but that. Like for a guest. I don't know how I should feel about that. I feel like I should have a place for people to hang their coats, not just throw them on a bed. Yeah, you're messed up, man. <laughs> you're no, you're messed up, or you've messed up. I think I, I think this this means that you personally are morally corrupt. Um, no, I I actually think it's a good thing because a guest room, it, unless you constantly have guests, which would be stupid, mm. and you're not because you don't, then it's a great utilization of that room when guests aren't there. Well, it's my, a coat holder. My specific uh, issue with the room is that my wife uh, was dead set on having a guest room and I totally get it and she's very hospitable, much more hospitable than me. Oh. And we do have, the guest room is used quite often, obviously when relatives come into town but sometimes if like we've got like a friend who's over and it's really late and, and they'll just be like, can I just stay in the guest bed? And they, they sleep in the guest bed. So that happens and I, and I really like that and I understand the utility and also just the, you know, the hospitality in that. I thought you were gonna say, 
that you didn't like it because then it meant you had to have guests. No, I don't mind guests. And it also serves as the room that I sleep in when. Uh, Things go sideways? No, well, no, I haven't done, when, like, when she's sick, when Jesse's oh, sick. quarantine room. Uh, so she, she's she been sick. I'd say in the past three years that we've been in this house, I've slept down there like four or five nights when like there's like a real bad night, she's like coughing or something like that. Or if I'm really sick and I'm trying to get away from her. Wow. So, some reason she gets the nice bed and I go down to the guest bed. Mm. Got to think about that a little bit more. But my issue with it is that there's no, there's not a. It's only used a very small, probably a single percentage amount of the time. But the, but the coats. Even then, you're still in the eight nine percent of total usage of this room, right? right? Right. And what I would like it to be is I would like it to be more like what we call the extra room in my childhood home. Remember that? Oh me yeah. And you spent a lot of time in the extra room. The extra room was where me and you, like if I, if you spent the night, we stayed in that room because it had the TV. Well, we, the, here's my recollection of the room, see if I'm right. Um, you go up the stairs and instead of going, then wrapping around to go to either your room or your brother Cole's room or then wrap around further to the bathroom, mm -hmm. you hang a left at the top of the stairs and there's this extra room that then it had it had brown carpet, it mm. had a brown couch mm. that would pull out into a bed. Mm. It had a brown television on a brown TV stand. Lots of brown in your memory. That it had it had a remote, but it was like one of the first television talking. remotes. Yeah. It that was made. It had it was a remote that had two buttons. I, it, well, it had four. I, it, I had could, four it had a power button. It had channel up, channel down, and then I it had volume up. I sketch you a picture of this remote, and it was huge. About. It was like a matchbox. It's amazing. Okay, it's like it was a hide a key. First of all, let me for like a huge freaking key. Let me confirm. And then there was an exercise bike. Let me con well, that was later. But let me confirm uh, a few of the things, and then I'm going to point out a few of the things that you got wrong. So interestingly, you had the entire uh, layout of the house correct, except you didn't go left. When you got to the top straight. of the stairs, you just went right across. Yeah, you're straight. It wasn't brown. It was mustard yellow carpet, which I guess could be construed to be brown. Well, it was dirty. Uh, it was old. It was very old. But, okay, it, and I uh, see it though. The couch was. It was like that Chinese takeout mustard color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, since you brown, you know, you could call it brown. The TV was not brown. The TV was it was uh, black and silver because it was it was a zenith. Yeah. Um, and the remote was the remote also was, black yep. and silver, and the remote was a brick, was it the exact dimensions of an actual brick. <laughs> and it had a power button that was, uh, that was. What was hidden in this remote? Well, it, I know you're like, why are you guys talking so much about this remote? But I have to tell you because. I remember this remote. It had a power button. Incorrectly, but it left an impression on if me. If you looked at the remote from the top, it was, uh, all all metallic on one side and then all black on the other side and the black part was where it had the buttons and it had a power button which was beige and went all the way across. It was a big horizontal like a space bar. And then it had a channel button and then it had another horizontal button which I think was the mute button. You wanna have a really big power button so when your mom comes up those stairs to see what you're watching, you can just, you can scramble and turn party it Party in progress. Well, <laughs> had to turn party in progress off. And then it had up and down volume. But it was so powerful, I'm sure that it gave, it, I was exposed to something 
that may manifest itself as cancer later in my life because it was such a powerful remote. I remember I used to take the thing and I would put it underneath the couch and then put pillows all around my hand <laughs> to test you, it. You create an obstacle course for your remote. For the remote and then I would hit channel up and it would change. It's like you cannot do that with the modern it was infrared like, remote. It was like magic. I don't know how it worked and why don't they still do that? Because just before that, there were television remotes. I I didn't own one, but because we were too smart for this. It was a remote that was connected by a, a wire, yeah, a wire. cord, like you have like a 12 foot cord to the television. Well, because I mean, you might trip somebody, but at least you didn't have to get up. Yeah, that was the first remote, was just a, a, a tethered box. It's a tethered box. remote. And then I think when they had to remove that tether with like whatever technology they used, the remotes got huge. And they slowly got smaller, just like phones. But I would have that room in my house now because it had a television in it, which is the one thing that I've talked to with Jesse about. I was like, we need a room that the kids can go and watch television in when they have their friends over because our house is so open that there's two TVs in two different parts of the house, but they both, their sound bleed. And you know, you So kinda, you wanna be able to make that room a, a, like a, a playroom. Yeah, it, but you can the door still shuts. have a pullout couch. Sure, yeah, for guests and right. We we, we get into an argument about whether or not it'd be versatile. Pullout it, couches a, are it's a conversion good enough to sleep on for guests. But okay, that's well, what that's what I would do. You don't want them staying forever. I'd put that room in that place. What would you do? I would put my childhood bedroom in the place of either one of my boys' bedrooms because and they my, would have to play with your stuff. My childhood bedroom, it did have a little television, but it didn't have as many screens. Do you want me to tell you what I remember about your okay, childhood yeah. bedroom before you tell me what you do, what was true about it? Okay, yeah. Um, now I'm not going all the way back to the Jimmy house. I'm going to right. the, to the, the- From fourth grade- Fourth grade house. Until college. Uh, Cause so, I don't, I honestly don't remember much about that first house. Me neither actually. Well, uh, I, I do, but- You walked into the house, uh, I, ironically, mm -hmm. I recreated that the my bedroom at when my my when mom was married to Jimmy, that bedroom from like kindergarten to third grade. I basically recreated that in my current in what you're about to describe my second fourth grade bedroom. It's like a lot of the same decor. Okay, same furniture. I mean, it, it, we just moved everything, and then I like reconfigured it. You walked into the house through the carport. Um, you took a left and then there was a door to a guest bathroom and then you would walk through the guest bathroom to on the other side of the door, the other door, then you come into your room. You could also come in the front door in, straight into the living room then take an immediate right and go into your bedroom. So you had two entries to your bedroom, mm -hmm. which I always thought was very cool because uh, I didn't have that. No, your one, exits. You know, I had, you know, I had one in and one out. Yep. And uh, there, so let's say I'm walking into the, I'm, I'm walking out of the bathroom and then there's the your bed uh, on the left, centered in the wall. You've got a bedside uh, table with a Garfield phone. I remember that because it's also, there's a picture of it in the Book of Mythicality. Um, but then right at the foot of the bed, there is a dresser with a television on it? Yeah. And then the closet is on the right side, yeah. like a foldy bifold doors yeah. closet. And I remember you had a wooden bed that had um, bu wooden balls on top of the post that I would play with and take off. 
Yeah, you could uh, of you could, the bed. You could twist them off. Um, had an NC State bedspread. No, you didn't. No, nope. an NC State pillow. Mm, no, I had an NC State trash can. Trash can with one of those um, basketball hoop things on the trash can that you'd throw your trash in as a, in, in uh, order to like make yeah. it through the hoop. And we also we had that in our office for a long time. Same trash can. Yep, that's right. I don't know how that got moved there, but as a grown adult, we have my childhood trash can in my office. But you would put this in your in your home now. It's a small bedroom. Yeah, the one thing you forgot is I had a, my stepdad Jimmy made a bench that the that the seat hinged open and it was a toy box. I had a. Oh, at the foot of the bed. No, at the side of the bed, in between the two windows that were the front oh, of the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had a freaking toy box in my bedroom until I went to college. Yeah, I, I had I a, thought about that from time to time. I had a bulletin board on my wall that had like a bunch of knickknacks and from like art that I made in middle school. And it, I just kept it kept accumulating all the way through high school. I, I mean, my, my room aged me down for many years. It looked like a little boy's room until right. you became a man and then it still looked like a little boy's room. Right. Um, Nothing to be ashamed of. Fun about. fact. At that, least you don't have that room anymore. Go, go into Lando's room right now, you can screw off the top of the, um, the bed post. You do that from time to time for old time's sake? No, but should, the reason why you can tonight. do it is because it is that bed. It's the same bed. It's my bed. Land, I was telling, I was like, Lando, you know what? This bed, I slept in this bed my entire life, literally. I, I did not know that you had that bed in. Yeah, we, it's painted white because we um, put it in Lily's room when she was a baby. Yep. And Christy wanted me to paint it white and now it's been, it's been white ever since, but it's in Lando's room. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's that same one. I have a white bed in my bedroom. It's like I sleep in a big princess bed. <laughs> Maybe you wanna swap it out. But there's, but there's not a lot of technology in there. It's just a lot of nostalgia. So I'd like to go into one of my kids' bedrooms and like step back into my childhood and not have as, it wouldn't have as many screens to worry about. Right, that one kid would be a little bit advantaged and disadvantaged all at the same time. Yeah, you start having girlfriends, you have to talk to her on a Garfield phone. That's healthy, man. Okay, we're gonna get to more of your questions in just a second, but first, we wanna pause to let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm, AKA America's Neighborhood Mattress Store, can help you stretch your budget a little further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. These are mattress experts here, people, but they're not just mattress experts. No, they can straight up help you build your bed from headboards to adjustable bases to sheets. They even have bedroom decor. They got you covered, literally and figuratively. Go to mattressfirm.com and save 10% with the code PODCAST10 through May 2nd. Mattress Firm offers a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com and save 10% by using the code PODCAST10 through May 2nd and find out how your sleep can be tremendously improved. And now on with the biscuit. Okay, here's another question from Morgan. Uh, not the Morgan who works for us. Not Morgan Morgan? No, this is Morgan R. Not a, I mean, yeah, I can say her name. She's not asking an embarrassing question. Morgan Rowland. Okay. Uh, is there something you have done or said in publicly distributed entity, GMM, Ear Biscuits, an interview, et cetera, that you regret? Yes. Ooh. Do we regret anything that we've put out there on the internet? Well, yes. I mean, 
I can think of a very recent example. Well, before, okay, I know, I know what, you're, what you're thinking. Uh, I was also thinking, we and maybe we talked about this, I think we talked about this in a live AMA somewhere. Maybe it was at, at, in the Q&A after a tour of Mythicality stop, where someone asked us why they can't watch the Guacamole song anymore, and it's because we made, made it private because um, we just didn't think that it was, it, it was, it, it was, it's, Comes across as culturally insensitive, the the way that we we portrayed ourselves mm-hmm. and the characters we played in the Guacamole song. So yeah, um, it was worth much more to be respectful than it was to keep um an old video up there. Yeah, a lot of people ask about that one. We've changed and the world has changed quite a bit. And uh, mm-hmm. looking back over ten years of that video, it was like, oh, this is. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. This strikes differently than it did back then. Uh, but the most recent example that I'm thinking about uh, is the international food taste test, the, the most recent dart food taste test on GMM where Link brought in the professional dartist. The actual origins of dishes that you thought were from one place but they're actually from another and one of those was? Uh, Chicken Kiev and we, were, and we in our ignorance were just like, um, well obviously this is from Russia <laughs> which is the capital of Ukraine. Uh, so it, it's funny things like this, you but, know. But but you didn't. What even what you said didn't wasn't right. You said Russia was the capital of Ukraine. I said Kiev, which is the capital of oh, Ukraine. I didn't hear and you. Right. And Ukraine is very contentiously not Russia, right? That's what the whole right. controversy is about. So now this is one of those things that like, how, how what's the best way to address this? Because what I will say is that yes. Now that I think about it, and when Stevie pointed it out in the the the, the video, in the moment, it was like, oh yeah, of right. Course. Like a, a minute later in the video, we're like, oh, that was a big mistake, and we left all that in the edit. But which what, I'll come back to in a minute. But, but what you ahead. see in the comments, and this is just a very common thing, is that the moment you make the ignorant, uh, misinformed, insensitive comment that we made, or not comment, but statement that we made about Kiev being in Russia and being incorrect. That's when people who take this personally, who know about the situation and take it personally and are offended, that's when they begin to comment. A minute later, they've already hit send on their comment and now they see that we actually say, oh crap, we're gonna piss people off when we, when we said that. Uh, and a couple of people did say, oh, I'm sorry, I made this comment before I saw that you guys corrected yourself or whatever. But I would say I definitely regret that, but at the same time, it is not the first or the last time that we're gonna say something that is ignorant, insensitive, misinformed, uh, can be construed and misunderstood and will offend people because it is the nature of the way that we make our show and we do our stuff. Yeah, you know what, it's funny because I was actually thinking about the way that we make our show this morning. I I don't know what got me to thinking about it, but I was appreciating the fact that you know, very early on, we decided that we weren't going to make we weren't going to make Good Mythical Morning a jump cut show. We weren't going to make it have a lot of cuts. We we're gonna we were gonna you know we're gonna move at speed of conversation, and mm-hmm. the edit was going to reflect that. The edit was going to be very minimal or not at all. Um, as production is increasing, we're doing more things physically. It requires. us to like stop down and like bring stuff in and set stuff up that um, it's just plain boring. 
But in terms of conversation and what happens, uh, I, I think we're, I, I really am glad that we made that decision because I think a hallmark of the show, I guess I don't think about it that often, I was just thinking about it this morning, was that some of the best part of, parts of the show are those just honest moments of something happening. That there's not a lot of internet content out there where um, you see unexpected things happen as a cornerstone of 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 of, the, of any other property, you yeah. know. I think, you know, if I am to talk about like a daily vlog or somebody who's just catching everything, and then you, they're making a calculated editorial decision to show you something that was spontaneous, but it's being packaged. You know, it's like right. it's, it's being, you know, you got a vlogger who the the, the classic. I'm vlogging and then something makes a noise and it distracts the person so then they make a funny comment about it and then they get back to their thing. Well, and, and, and they include that in the in the jump cut to give you kind of a behind the scenes view on like, remember how I'm making this vlog, you know, th things are happening or I'm messing up and for comedic effect I can add these things in or just for a level of sincerity or whatever. Right. But I think our show thrives on the fact that those things, ha we mess up or something goes sideways and th then that's the thing that we walk away like, yes, something something happened. We, we, like, we were we surprised. We like the things that surprised We us. were surprised, we, you know. Um, now, but the I've said before that the things, that my favorite parts, my favorite shows are and, and moments within shows are the moments when we make each other laugh based on something that was just accidental or unexpected. Right. But. But it's not just that, it's not just the funny stuff, it's, it's just that, okay, this is what we plan to do and it's pretty live, you know, it has this feel that, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of our show that it, that it is, that we, I didn't know it was gonna work this way, but that it's kinda like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, because the show's yeah, as a viewer and as us, we're all seeing what's going to happen. Because the show is not scripted. You know, we talked before about when we talked about kind of like the the changes with GMM twenty two. People felt like things felt more scripted, even though we were basically doing things the way we had done them. Uh, the we have parts of the show that are scripted, like the very beginning of the show or when we're setting up an item that we're bringing in. Or setting up like how a game works just so we Those don't are, get bogged down. Because we don't wanna waste your time with a bunch of details that we're just figuring out off the top of our heads. But then once we, we set up a structure and it's just basically anything goes at that point. And the funny thing is, is that this is an interesting middle ground, right? Because you've got live streamers, which we all know the f infamous uh, examples of people getting in trouble for th saying things on a live stream. Um, now, here's what I will say is that there are a number of things that we've said on Good Mythical Morning that we had to edit out uh, because right. we were like, and, uh, we, and you know, yeah, the, well, I won't cut you off. Go the, ahead. The way that that came across, again, this is none of, none of this stuff would be like, oh, I can't believe they said that, but it's the kind of things that we know how the internet responds to things and it was something was said in the moment or, or somebody made a joke and they didn't realize, oh, that I didn't mean to make that joke, but I, we end up crossing the line and saying some things sometimes and then the crew will be will laugh and we'll all know, okay, well that can't go in the edit. That's the nature of just doing something off the cuff. Uh, and that's maybe happened a handful of times even on an ear biscuit. Uh, but 
it's not nearly the level, because we do have the option to edit things out. But when it comes to something like the Chicken Kiev screw up that we made, I think we usually what happens is if we say something and we're like, mm, I can see how that could be taken the wrong way. I didn't mean it for, for it to come across like that. So at the end of an episode, we'll say, hey Stevie, hey Darren, let's, let's take that out. And sometimes they just make the call to do that on their own or the editor makes the call to do that if they think that there's something that could be taken the wrong way. But that chicken Kiev moment wasn't one of them, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying it was some huge controversy and we've like lost, I mean, there was one person who said, you've lost a fan. They were, because, and listen, I understand, I don't understand, but I appreciate how sensitive of an issue the whole Ukraine thing is. And so it's like, to, for us to, in our American ignorance, you know, right. we, we have the privilege of being ignorant about so many other areas in the world, and it's a thing that would, uh, come across as arrogant and insensitive to me if I was not in the United States. So I completely understand it. You know, we're the only people in the world that only speak one language. You know, it, we we can get by with just speaking English. Uh, so there's there's re it's easy to hate. It's easy to hate Americans. Um, and so I I totally get that. And when we say something like that, it seems like we're just completely missing the boat. Uh, but we didn't really understand how sensitive it would be to some people. Some people would respond to it. So in retrospect, would have taken it out. But it's an example of one of those things that I regret saying that, and I also regret not just saying it, but regret that you ended up hearing it. Do you regret talking about it right now? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, Coral Dal Dalzell asks, what was it like when your first kids were born? Working in maternity has me see a wide variety of dad reactions to the birthing process, and I was wondering what yours were. Um, we know each other, so who, who should go first? Based on th that knowledge. I mean, my, I, yours is probably funnier than mine. Oh, now I gotta be funny? Well, I'm just saying that I think uh, you, well, but you but you had a different, you didn't, your wife wasn't. Uh, you, just go ahead then. I, I don't. I can't make any guarantees as to how funny I'm going to be. But well, my um, Locke's birth was relatively uneventful. Fourteen years ago. It's hard to remember. Fourteen um, years ago. I just remember that uh, you know Jesse was dead set. We were not about the natural birth thing. She was dead set on all the drugs and all the injections that would make it an easy process. Uh, she she made that decision without shame from all the women who told her that she needed to go into a river and just poop the baby out into the creek. <laughs> um, she was like, you know, creek poop baby, <laughs> creek poop. <laughs> so good for you ladies who make that decision, but that was not the decision that my wife and I made and it was not my decision, it was her decision and I was fully supportive of it. Uh, so she, she basically had some difficulty with the labor, but then she took the drugs and had the epidural injection, and I went to sleep on a couch, and then I remember. You woke up and the baby was there? No, 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 I, I remember being awakened by a nurse who said, get ready, you're about to become a father. Oh, And uh, I, I stood up. That's and a rude awakening. The doctor came in there, and I'd say within 20 minutes, we had a baby, and uh, did relatively you, uneventful. Did you pull or on anything or cut anything? I don't remember. I don't think. Did you like hold an ankle? I went, no, no, I, I actually, I stayed back. 
Just I pressed, stood, I pressed stood against at a the safe wall. distance. Like when you see, you know, like when you see like a scuffle at an Arby's, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and Dang, Arby's gonna have a scuffle. <laughs> and you're like, that's curly fries uh, will get you hot. I don't know if I should get involved in this. I'm a big guy. I could probably get in there and restrain somebody. How could you even say that? Are you accessing a memory? I've been in. I mean, I've watched a lot of internet videos too. Oh. I've seen many a scuffle at a You're many like, an Arby's. You like Google Arby's scuffle? Everybody do the Arby's scuffle. <laughs> There's so many ways we could take that. Arby'sscuffle.com. Uh, it's it's a place where you either learn how to dance or you just see a bunch of videos of people fighting in an that Arby's. That would be Arby's shuffle though. No, no, the Arby's scuffle is a dance that looks like you're fighting. You're fighting. Over like, are those fries. two people fighting? No, they're dancing. It's a two-person thing. Because there's only so many like tight curly fries to go around. Then everybody else is left with just the C-shaped curly fries. Yeah, you don't want that. If I want, if I want C-shaped fries, I'm gonna order C fries. But you can put. But your... if I want curly fries, I, I, if I order curly fries, I expect them all to be curly. But you all can put a C, You can put a C fry into your nose like a bull ring. Well, that's fine and good, Rep. But then the menu should say bull a, fries, like. Bull nose fries with a few, cur a few curly one pigtails thrown in. I don't because that's what it is. I think you're asking too much of Arby's. So you, so I you, stood at a safe distance and no one consulted me. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best. Uh, do you think the baby should come out at this point, sir? <laughs> I'm not the best in in birth and death situations. No. Like the beginning and the ending of life is not where you go to the register for comfort or like words of wisdom. You kind of just go to yeah. me for like safe distance, slightly concerned stares. Yeah, you become like human wallpaper. Yeah, I, I like I don't know what to say to people who are going through hard things. <laughs> I'm actually learning, I, I am I am learning about how to connect more with this part of my my humanity and Your not pecs. just this part of my, yeah. I'm you really should, working on my pecs. You should be a doula. I was pointing to my heart, by the way, for those of you who listen to Ear Biscuits, bless you for that. <laughs> I, I think you should, you should, well, all right, just we'll put a, let's put a pin in the doula thing. But. Yeah, so ultimately uh, it was pretty uneventful. I did not offer a lot. I don't think I looked engaged enough for anyone to ask me anything, like, sir, do you wanna come in and cut something? Okay. Uh, so I didn't say anything. I just remember they put Locke in like a little incubator situation. Not not an incubator, but the little uh, because he wasn't a like tub. It's a tub. It's like a warming thing, but it's not for preemies. It's just where all babies go. Yeah, it's like fast. It's like at Arby's where they put the under the fries under there. Yeah, it's just like Arby's. The whole right. hospital the whole is like Arby's. Right. And come uh, to think of it, because I visited, maybe it wasn't. It Arby's. was an Arby's. <laughs> yeah, that explains a lot. That's why I never got a bill. Um. But the, uh, and I just kinda like, that's when I began to talk to him and sort of like came out of the shell and became a father. Yeah. Shepard on the other but, hand, but the, different, uh, different story, now, I'll tell it in, another in, time. In the past, you've added a part to that story which you left out, which was like, like you, she, there's, there's like, there was like multiple layers to the birth and you decided to leave that part out. That's Shepard's birth. Oh. You're talking about the, the screaming and the, yeah, you gotta. You just might as well tell. I, I gotta hear it. Well, I, I mean, I want to hear your story, but I'll tell it. I'll t tell the quick version. We thought we were gonna do exactly the same thing with Shepard. You know, take the drugs, get the epidural. But what happened was when Jesse got to the uh, the it's doctor. What had happened was what had happened was is we got to the doctor 
and they like tested her, you know, to di- checked on the dilation situation, and uh, they were like, "Oh, you might as well just go back home." But then Jesse was like, uh, "I don't think so. I think I'm having this baby right now." And then another doctor came in and said, "You are having the the baby right now, and we don't have time for any of the things that we planned." They, the no, first person must have been measuring in the wrong spot. I think they were using a curly fry instead of a finger. Uh, but the uh, the, so, di- the dilation of your I don't know how many different things you can measure the dilation of, but three curls of a curly. You got to get that. She's three curls, right? So uh, the doctor that was supposed to deliver the baby was currently in the shower at home, and so another doctor. It might have been a janitor. I don't know. It was just a dude with a coat on. He uh, he delivered the baby. Stranger to you, but uh, she did it completely natural, going against all her best intentions, and. She screamed so loudly that I was like embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? I'm also easily kind of embarrassed <laughs> in situations like that, in like social situations. So on the scale. And she's like a voice major. Was yeah. this like a operatic crack the glass kind of situation? There was nothing beautiful about it at all. It was blood curdling and it was, it's the way I described it later was it was as if she was about to be in a head-on collision, oh, and she gosh. knew it, and she was screaming that way, and then it kept happening over and over again, like oh. a hella situation. But again, I was more embarrassed every, than sympathetic. <laughs> every contraction, it wasn't just the last moment. No, that oh, went on gosh. for, I, well, it's, by the time, from the time she said, this baby is coming, to the doctor saying, this baby is coming, it was like 12 minutes or something, and Shepard was, was there, and that, Really, just basically was indicative but you were of what, what he was going to be like for the people rest would, of his life. People would like look at you, and you were like, "Uh, I do not know this woman." Yeah, it's like, uh, isn't this going to make the hospital look bad? They got women like this screaming in here. <laughs> Close a, the windows. Should be in an Arby's right now. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm not great with blood flow. Yeah. Um, but you talk about circulation, and I get queasy. I knew I had to be seated for um, the birth of um, Lily and the subsequent two, but um, they induced Christy and 12 hours later, you know, they, they give you this magic Pitocin stuff and, you're, and it makes you have a baby. That's how babies are made, it's called Pitocin. It didn't work. So at some point they're like monitoring all the all, all these vitals of, of everybody involved, not me. Um, I'm not really involved at this point. And they're, you know, they had to make an executive decision to, for her to be rushed into a C-section. They cut you open like a watermelon and pull out another bit smaller watermelon. Yep, that's how it's done. And as, as anxious as I was about being party to a, a vaginal delivery, <laughs> Um, I've been I've been waiting to use that terminology. Yeah. Um, I was much more scared when we were walking into an emergency. I'm not an, uh, an operating room, and I'm like getting scrubbed up. Right. And then I honestly, I've told this story before, and I, it would help me remember it by listening back to that. But I don't know where I've told it. But it was so I don't know if this was the first or not, but. Because once you have one C-section, she, it, Lily, uh, Christy ended up having three, one for every child. It's very, very dangerous to have a. V- a V-back, they call it. A V-back. 
after you've had it. Vaginal birth after C-section, yeah. VBAC. Oh, that, oh, that's the whole thing, okay. Yeah. It's, all, it's an acronym for the whole situation. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, my sister-in-law. She did it. Did that, and uh, it was, she, I, I don't wanna say she almost died, but she may, maybe she almost died. Well, and my layman's understanding of it is, once you have a, a healed C-section uh, uh, scar, mm-hmm. And you're trying to have a, a normal birth, like all of that pressure and pushing could just you could just explode like a Golly. like a Arby's roast beef filled balloon. Oh god! <laughs> and we, uh, Lord knows, we didn't want that to happen. No. But with the first one, it's like, oh man, we we, we like didn't a, talk too much about C-section. It's happening. She's in the more operating like a room. Beef, beef and cheddar. I, I'm out. Oh gosh, I'm outside, putting on my scrubs, and they they forget about me. Of course, and they're like you're they're, not important. They're going about their business, and then they f- and I'm getting worried. I'm like, oh crap, they're not coming out. They're not. I'm not in there. I'm gonna miss this thing, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. And then finally, a nurse is like, get in, get in here, get in here, you moron. The doctor knew that I was queasy about the whole thing. They put a curtain up, and I'm I'm up at by Christie's face, and then at the and then below the curtain, they're making like operational incisions and stuff, or one major one. And it's a, it's a really, th- these days it's super small for what they do. And we, I had such a rapport with the doctor and he knew that I was queasy, but then it, and like I was hiding behind this curtain, like trying to be supportive to Christy, but I'm not, I'm not fascinated about what's happening on the other, down there. Right. I don't, I've never, I don't watch footage of any type of surgery. Like I'm not crazy <laughs> or weird. Well, I'm I'm thankful I'm thankful for crazy and weird people because that's I am too. Man. Those are the doctors. Yeah, and um, yeah, by my definition, and then, but then he was like, they were working on it for a while, and all of a sudden he starts yelling at me, and he's like, Link, stand up and watch the miracle of your baby being born. This is this is amazing. You stand up. And you watch this happen. Wow. And and again, he was, you know, he was, we were very friendly, like in all the, we had gotten to know him very well. This was not a janitor like you had. Mm-hmm. And so I, he had earned the right to speak to me that way. And I, re, I respected the fact that he did that. And then I, so I'm like slowly like standing up. And then like I see him freaking pull a human out of a, a, a big cut in my wife. <sighs> But then your eyes are drawn to the human and not to the cut and it was and it was and they take him take her over that way and then it's like you know and I was okay but it but I was I was scared. It was a lot man. I really went through a lot. I did but I did great. You did great. I was a champ. You know. <laughs> um and I was also very anxious about should I film this and when should I be filming and Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody I, tells you you know, if I, I had to do I it again, I would have. I would have hired somebody to do all of that. I stopped filming. Uh, I don't think it anybody, didn't seem right. Nobody told me to, but I stopped filming pretty early. It didn't seem right to be filming that thing. The process, I mean. Yeah, you got the baby. Why do you need footage? I got some footage of her, of Lillian, like when they're, you know, like right when she first starts crying and stuff like that. That's cool. <laughs> I did pretty good. I'm pretty proud of myself. I didn't faint. It's not like when I got cut by the Barbie 
or the knife opening the Barbie. That's another story I've told. Uh, this is an interesting one. Kelly, that took a while. That took a while, but you know what? It was worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. Kelly Jane Hartman, how do you put on your shoes? Do you go sock sock shoe shoe or sock shoe sock shoe? Does anyone go sock shoe sock shoe? I did very recently. What? Yeah, I thought it's so weird that she asked this question because why? I I, I go sock sock shoe shoe normally, but I, and I was thinking about this specific because you know me, a man of procedure. I literally was thinking about this, just like so. Kudos, Kelly. What I what had happened what had happened was I had gotten these new shoes. You know, the I got these boots here that I'm wearing. Well, not these, but I had, they were like this, and I was really excited. I'm like breaking them in. I'm like trying them out. I got up the next morning after wearing these shoes home and br breaking them in, and I'm I was so excited when I was putting on my shoes to come into work that I put on one sock and then I couldn't wait to put on the shoe. I was I was literally so excited to put on the shoe that I put it on before I put on the other sock. How did that make you feel? Uh, gr great. <laughs> you know, you gotta have something to get you through the day and, and that day, yesterday, I think it was, it was, Getting my shoe on as soon as possible. But you don't plan on repeating this. No, once this once, is only a new shoe not, practice. Yeah, only with new shoes would I do well, such a thing. From because you know better than I do. But from an efficiency standpoint, sock sock shoe shoe is definitely the most efficient. You've got. I, I, I think they're equally as efficient. No, they the, the, in terms of time, it should be the same. I don't know. I don't think so, because I think um, I think what first of all. When you get into a mode and a rhythm of uh, of repeated motion, even just one repetition, you do the second one a little bit faster. When it's back to back, uh, but also you you you've, you've got focus on the socks and you've got two socks in your hands. And if you're like me, you hold the other sock while you put the other one sock on. Well, that's you know what, that's slick, man. You hold that sock in like this part of your palm, and then as soon as you get through with the left sock, and I go left sock first. I move over to, I, I like unfold it almost in one motion. Wow. And then go to the right sock. It's just, I mean, it's just something I've learned over time. So there's no way that sock, shoe, sock, shoe can be faster than that. Uh, but along those same lines, so I got these, uh, you know, uh, not a sponsor, Clark's Desert Boots, because that's what Anthony Bourdain wears everywhere. And I'm like, he travels the world, he's cool. And uh, I got them and I'm like breaking them in, wearing them a lot and uh, a lot of people are like, if you're gonna be doing a lot of walking, it could be good to get insoles, and so I got like some Dr. Scholl's insoles to put on top of the insoles of the of the boots because they're kind of thin. That's always a good sign of a good pair of shoes when you gotta buy something else to go in them <laughs> to make them workable. But last night, um, we've been talking a lot about being naked lately, but I'll just continue. Uh, last night I was naked in my bedroom. Ex except the boots. And, Seriously, and I and it was like it was like midnight thirty, and I was still up, and I am like I gotta cut these insoles to fit the shoes, and I want to, and I was anxious just like you, one you know putting the shoe on before the sock. I got to do this right now, and so I'm sitting there. I'm I, I put on the shoes, I I cut the. I, I put on the socks, I cut the insoles, I put them on, and then I, I sit there, I'm in my boots, and then I just stand up, and I didn't know my wife was still awake. And I'm sitting there <laughs> naked except for boots on in, in my bedroom, and she and I hear her say, I should take a picture of this. 
<laughs> because I'm just I'm just standing there naked in boots, and then I'm like, uh, I was like, and then I, and I said, you know what? Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is when I just post my naked my, nudes. My, oh this gosh, is, this, where, is, this is when okay, I post okay. my nudes. Oh, and where would you post them? Uh, Instagram, Red MC. I would also, but it would be taken down very quickly. So I would do it on Twitter, where it would not be taken down. So, Red MC on Twitter. You want to see the nudes? Me in boots and nothing else. I don't mean to socks. Burst. I did have socks and insoles. Doctor Scholl's also not a sponsor, but I'm gelling and they feel real good right now. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but hmm? you with that last story and especially with the plug, you have brought this on yourself. <laughs> um, of course, when you were talking about these desert boots, which I've had and I warned you about, I was like, ah, I had those a couple of years back and they're not that great. Um, ben was there for this conversation. Ben comes to work the next day and he's talking to me about how we're gonna uh, approach shooting some of this stuff, you're not there. And he's like, hey, um, don't tell Rhett this, but you know how he's talking about how Anthony Bourdain like wears those boots everywhere and it's what he, he swears by him and he wears them all the time and they're his travel boots. He's like, well, I was watching some Anthony Bourdain. And he didn't have them. And he said the opening scene of the episode that I happened to watch started on a close up of Anthony Bourdain's boots. And they were cowboy boots. <laughs> and then it pans, it tilts up his body. Okay. All and right. then he says, and then there's a voiceover from Anthony Bourdain and he says, for as far back as I can remember, I've worn these cowboy boots everywhere. <laughs> no, that's not true though. Swear, that's what Ben told me. And he felt, he was like, don't tell Rhett because he was so excited about these boots. Well, no, 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 no. So that's I what he said. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying that's what he said. Okay. And you know what? Don't tell Ben that I told you because he told me not to tell you. No, no, no. I found a picture of Anthony Bourdain with cowboy boots on when I did the research. I saw it in an article and then I saw, look at all the pictures and I saw that he had these boots on lots of different places. And then separately, somebody who works here was like, oh, that's what Anthony Bourdain wears all the time. And I was like, yeah, that's why I got him. Uh, oh. But he, but I have seen other pictures. He, it, he, he does have cowboy boots. When he did a cowboyish thing somewhere on a ranch or whatever, he had cowboy boots. Anyway, you know, I'm not saying again. I could be wearing tennis shoes, but you know, you know what? I, the other thing I it, did. Anthony Bourdain doesn't have to have worn those shoes for you to just read that he wears them, so that then you'll have an excuse to buy. Them. Do you know who I looked up before I looked up Anthony Bourdain? You know what? Who, who I was trying to figure out what they wear? Uh, who's that host of Double Dare that then got his own like How It's Made? Show? Mark Summers? Yeah. No, I don't care what kind of he wears loafers. Um, um, who's the guy who hosted the Family Feud after Rick Holmes? Yeah, he's dead. Was it him? No. Who's the guy who invented Arby's? Was it him? Mister Arby. Was it him? No. Cowboy. Um, it is the guy, uh, oh, Jack and Finn? Harry's. Oh yeah, So they went to India. Well, they're all over the place all the time. They're like the coolest, most adventurous, most, you know, ecologically minded YouTubers on the face of the planet and. Good guys too, we, we met them in yeah. uh, Nice. 
And uh, a few years ago, those guys have always been like way ahead of the curve, you know, super smart and like kind of like you, you always get the feeling that they kind of like have they look at the the business uh, the 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 business of YouTube and the chasing the fame and stuff, and they just kind of just moved out of that lane and said they just wanted to go do what they wanted to do. One of them went to school and one of them travels the world and they both travel the world. Anyway, they got great Instagrams. Okay. Even better than Red MC, I gotta say. Their Instagrams are even better than Red MC. Of course you're not gonna mention. Jack Harry's and Finn Harry's. I don't know what the okay, specific okay, handles okay. are. But they're like the epitome of like travel cool. And so I was like. They got accents too. I wonder what boots they wear. Oh. And uh, so I did. I I gotta say I did a lot of like pinching and zooming on Jack and Finn's boots as they traveled the world uh, to try to figure out what they wore. And uh, the problem is, is that one of them wore the Chelsea boot quite a bit, uh, which is the one without laces. And uh, I just don't think that that looks good on me. I you know the one that had like the elastic on the side. Yeah, you wouldn't wear those. No. But they make it elongates it, the foot. But they make it look so cool. I like something that shortens the foot. Maybe it's just because I'm a big guy. I don't know. But they make it look cool. So then I was like, they both wear them. Who's an older, taller, slightly less cool but still cool guy? Mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain, and that's how I got to Anthony Bourdain, and that's oh. how I got to the desert boots. You see my process. You see the things I do with my time. <laughs> I think we see. Your soul. My psychosis? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say psychosis. Okay, yes. No, you wanna save these other questions for another time? Absolutely, I think we, you know, um, certainly, again, we will prompt more questions and we will, there's a few of these we didn't get to that we'll uh, we'll sit on a little bit. We'll get back to in maybe next month. I think we'll do one of these about every month or so. Yeah, continue, yeah, so we'd love your feedback. Uh, again, we won't necessarily take it, but we would, we would love it. Um, and uh, no, we will take it. We will take it into consideration. But what we're doing uh, right now with your biscuits that we're playing around with is we're we're doing these AMAs on a regular basis. Uh, we're we're also working in a uh, a a rabbit hole, and we're working in a couple of more focused questions. Whether that be about you know it's about some subject, travel, parenting, whatever. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Which ones you're really enjoying. Uh, so we can continue to make ear biscuits that uh, you like to put in your ears. Simple as that. We'll speak at you again next week. Thanks for being here.